wake up on the couch She up making coffee in my t-shirt playing house Yeah, say she gotta bounce Check up on my phone and that's when shit start going south What's this all about? Hello folks and welcome to last night this morning Only for a couple more minutes, we're heading towards the afternoon I appreciate you jumping on here with me again today. Full slate of games last night, unlike our uh, little dalliance yesterday, we had three games to talk about, and I went down the fucking rabbit hole, so I apologize if uh, it was not as enjoyable as some of the other ones have been, but I did what I had to do. But getting into the games from last night, let's start... uh... Let's start with the doubleheader. We had a, we had an interleague doubleheader that had a makeup game from earlier this year between Baltimore and then New York. Uh, they had to flip flop who was playing at home. The system tells me that they played them in different cities. I sincerely doubt that. They probably just played the first game with Baltimore as the home team. Played all the games in New York. I honestly don't know. Um, excellent pitching performances, by the way, across the the board and some weird finishes. But anyway, we'll get into this. So in the first game of the night, this one being played, I guess the series is actually in Baltimore. I don't know. Whatever. Game one of this series, let's call it this one. Uh, in New York, Baltimore wins 11-4 as they take Tim Lincecum to 0-8 on the year. He went four innings, four and a third technically, gave up five runs on seven hits, walked one as well. 0-8 with a 6-9-4 ERA. Tim Lincecum has never lost 10 games before, or excuse me, has never lost more than 10 games in a season. He's done it twice, 2017-2019, both in San Francisco. He was excellent last year, posting a 2-6-9 ERA for the Mets. He is 0-8 this year with a 6-9-4 ERA. He's never had an ERA above 3.43. He is going to obliterate both of those numbers before this season is over. Tim Lincecum having some real shit luck. He's posting a 400 BABIP. Like, it doesn't even matter. He, he'd be, he could be really good down the stretch. He's still going to lose more than 10 games this year. You hate to see it. And, it. and the whole Mets season can be encapsulated in the struggles that Tim Lincecum has experienced at this point. The Woolpit pitch is okay until Anthony Munoz comes in. And he just cannot stay consistent. He was spectacular posting a sub three year array a couple weeks ago. He now goes uh, out and gives up four runs. Uh, all four comes around the score, like I said, including a home run by Miguel Antonio in the ninth inning. Nobody on, nobody out. It was the leadoff home run, I guess. Uh, but again, Matthew Munoz and Tim Lincecum, just cataclysmic examples of what's going on wrong with the Mets. If there are some breakups in this audio, my apologies. It's already stopped on me twice, and I've had to just pick back up. Uh, where I left off. So this has been a wild adventure for me trying to record this. So anyway, the, the Orioles win the first game of this series. Second game of the night, they will also win 3-1. Much better pitching performance. Connor Pilkington also been up and down all year. He can't seem to get consistent, good or bad. But he goes six innings, one one run given up, uh, eight base runners, strikes out six, moves to 4-4 four and four with a 4-7-1 ERA on the year. Alberto Vega throws a decent game. Maybe not by Vegas standards. Those five innings, he was at three runs, strikes out eight. He drops to five and four. He's been good on the year for the Mets. Not Cy Young level good, which is what he usually is. But he has been fine. The two teams will exit the day after the two games. Baltimore at 29 and 31 and the Mets at 22 and 38 as their season continues to unravel. Let's get away from these guys and we'll go to another American League East versus National League East interleague series. We'll talk about the Rays and the Nationals. The Nationals entered the day with a two-game lead over the Braves in the National League East. The Rays enter at the bottom of the American League East, still only like six or seven games back. But the Rays will win today 2-1. Max Scherzer goes six innings, one run baseball, striking out six to get his fourth 
win of the year. He is now posting a 546 ERA. Edward Wraith goes six innings, gives up two, strikes out eight. Uh, good, good little outing for him, but he takes the loss. He's five and four as the Nationals just could not get anything going offensively. In fact, of the six hits they have, only one is an extra base hit. Devin Lewis hit his 10th double of the year in the seventh off Max Scherzer before Scherzer left the game. Colton Wong hits his ninth home run, and we have a first home run of the year alert from Claudio Melendez. Never heard of this guy in my entire life. He apparently played last year in 29 games for the Rays and hit a home run last year. So this is his second career home run. This is his fourth game of the year, it looks like, for the Rays so far. But he hits a home run his first of the year. It's good on him. And the Rays will get the win 2-1 to one, uh, behind a pretty solid pitching performance. If you look up and down the Rays lineup real quick, Will McCoy went 2-4 for four on the day. He is now hitting 333 with three home runs and 12 RBIs on the year for the superstar rookie or the soon-to-be superstar rookie. We are all very excited to see this kid develop as he gets better. Colton Wong is somebody to watch out as a trade candidate. He's only hitting 248 on the year, but he's played good defense. He's getting on base well. He's not trying to get a ton of runs, but he's somebody I would like to see on a different roster, see what Colton Wong can do as he's pacing towards 25 home runs in the second base position. Not a bad piece to come after. If you're looking for a little power on the infield, Detroit takes on Seattle, and this goes as predictably as you may imagine based off of that uh, setup, although it was closer than you may think for a little while. Looks like it was 3-2 to two heading into the ninth before uh, Rod... No, Ronnie, excuse me, Candelis would come in and give up three runs over two-thirds of an inning to just kind of bury the Tigers' hopes. Yusoki Mori is sucked, or hit with the loss, excuse me. Uh, he went five innings, gave up three runs, ten total base runners. He draws to one and four with a 4-2-5 ERA. Uh, Mori's control continues to really be concerning. He was great in the minor leagues. He's got excellent stuff. In his bullpen sessions, he puts the ball wherever he wants. He's struggling in the games to keep it in the strike zone, though. Is he walking a ton? Um, it's just not not really what they were looking for. Mark Appel goes six innings. He's now 6-0 and with a 2.78 ERA after a huge layoff. Uh, he signed a huge contract in Seattle. was being traded by the Braves while he was injured. By the way, trading injured players isn't allowed anymore, so that's interesting to, to think back on now that I kind of break that down in my head. But he's been everything Seattle would have hoped for after he came out of that injury. He improves a 6-0. Kyle Wright throws a scoreless inning. Uh, Otenhoff gives up what has to be one of his first runs of the year out of the bullpen, but the rest of these guys really pitch well. Even Domingo Tapia pitched an inning without giving up a run, which is a surprise to everyone, uh, Justin Kaiser included, I would assume. Offensively, Armando Cabanas drives in three run, reaches base four times, in his continuing bid to get back into the all-star consideration in the right field, other than just name recognition, Francisco Lindor drives in a run as well. Jason Castro drives in a run. And Julian Silva hits his 12th home run of the year. The Mariners will exit the day 41-21, and 21, and the Tigers fall to 22-38. and 38. I think that's the same record the Mets have. I think I just laid that out. Red Sox-Astros, two teams that are battling hard, kind of going in different directions. The Astros are fine, but... They have not been as good as late as they need to be. The Red Sox will take the win 9-1 as Garrett Cole, which is five innings, gives up one run, will take his third win. Uh, Hiroshi Hideaki, Hideaki, is that how you say this dude's name? Uh, Hideaki Hiroshi will go four innings in relief, give up four hits, and earn his first save of the year. That's not typically his role, but four innings of relief will get you a save in this situation. He strikes out sick and is now posting a 2.08 ERA for the Astros, Tim James goes two and two-thirds, gives up seven runs, seven base runners over that time, falls to five and four. 
his worst outing of the year by far. Bukowskis will come in and give up a couple of runs as well before this game is well out of reach. Boston put runs up. Ariel de Paguera drives in three, I'm assuming, on a home run. Yep, his second since coming over to Boston. Home runs from Jack McNeil, Seiya Suzuki, uh, Ken Gentry hit a home run. Todd Kuhn hit his 11th. There were a ton of home runs. Five home runs hit in this game from Boston as they scored nine runs on Houston and never looked back. Boston is now 33-28, and 28, continuing to rise meteorically above the rest of this uh, division as, as the Yankees and the Jays and the Rays and the Red Sox, or the Orioles just can't seem to, to get too far above 500. The Red Sox now five games over 500 with an excellent lead in the division. Astros are 33-27. and 27. The Dodgers continue to play excellent baseball against teams that are well above them in the standings. After winning two of three against the Braves, they will now win a game here to open the series against the Pirates. They're now 27-33. and 10-4 victory for the Los Angeles Dodgers following Lucio Cruzado leaving the game. That's probably the biggest storyline here. Lucio Cruzado has been spectacular this year. He has a 1-4-4 ERA. That is where his season will end as he's expected to go see Dr. James Andrews for Tommy John surgery, and he is done for 2021. Hopefully he comes back in 2022 strong. The bullpen finished this game out really well. Three runs given up by the first three relievers to come in, but not a ton of damage with all solo shots to this uh, Pittsburgh's very, very formidable offense. Jared Stevens, Michael Conforto, and Kurt Franklin all had home runs, the likely candidates for that. But nobody was on base during the, those those hits. So Melvin Garner's three and two-thirds performance where he gave up five runs, he, five hits, five runs, all five of them earned and walked five over three and two-thirds innings. They get his third loss of the season for Pittsburgh, which is ironically his fifth decision he's had for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, they can't capitalize on Cruzado's early exit. I'm impressed by what the Dodgers have been doing lately. Uh, you should be as well. Jerks and Profar drives in three as he hits his fourth home run of the year. Jack McDonald hits his sixth home run of the year. And Martinez hits his ninth. Oh, sorry. Garcia also hit his fifth. So a ton of home runs on both sides of the ball here. Uh, looks like there were, what, four, seven total home runs in the game. Uh, and the Dodgers will come out on top. Again, they're 27 and 33. Still way back in this division. But as Arizona continues to slip... Maybe they can battle their way up to the second place. Still a long way to go, by the way. Uh, let's go to Texas, where the new manager continues to turn things around here as the Rangers get the win over the Giants. James Capriellen goes six innings, strikes out eight, gives up two runs for his sixth win of the year, where Julie's familiar, who, uh, familiar, excuse me, who, in, in on paper, should have gotten the W here. Goes six innings, gives up three. He will take the loss. He's now two and three with a 2.08 ERA. Still an excellent candidate to be traded to a contender before this year was over. Uh, let's see. Four home runs hit combined. Home runs from Jesus Montero and Juan Hidalgo in Texas. Jake Mangum, the rookie, hits his second. Braulio Pardo, showing he could still swing the bat a little bit, hits his eighth of the year. He's still only hitting 238. This team just, God, they need help in, in San Francisco. 26 and 34 for the Giants, 26 and 36 for the Rangers. I don't know what this record is completely under new management here, but they've definitely been playing better since Kevin stepped aside, which not make any sense because Kevin was having a great track record, but he just seemed to be in a little bit of a, a funk, I guess. Um, Marlins take down the Rockies in nine, two to one. Excellent pitching performance. Lance McKellar's goes eight innings, gives up six hits and one run, striking out eight to win his second game of the year. He is now two and six. 
Trevor Bauer goes six innings, gives up one run, and takes the loss. Unfortunately, he falls to six and three as uh, Claudio Mateo, I guess, would come in and give up an unearned run following an error by Carlos Correa in the seventh inning. So, unfortunately for them, that would be all it took as they would not score until the eighth, and then they just wouldn't be able to put up a second run for the Rockies. Holding the Rockies' offense to one run on seven hits is pretty damn impressive. Um, as as they have just been awesome this year. Uh, I've used the word awesome a ton during this podcast, but you know what? Fuck it. They're awesome. Rockies are 38 and 23. The Marlins climbing up to 26 and 35, still in fourth place in the National League East. Rockies atop the National League West. The Twins take down the Yankees as they seem to have cooled off and come back down to earth. They're now three games under 500 to 29 and 32. The Twins continue to be hot, 33 and 28, top of the, I guess, in second place should be in the American League Central. Uh, it is Nathan Kirby, right? Yeah, I always call him that. Nathan Kirby goes eight innings of two-run baseball, striking out seven to improve to six and three with a 3-1-0 ERA. Nate Eovaldi will fall to three and five, going six innings, giving up four runs for the Yanks. Gary Sanchez does hit his seventh home run. You know what? So does Gary Copeland. He says uh, he will keep pace with that. And two likely all-stars doing most of the damage here for these guys. Although Nolan Ornato did drive in two runs here towards the bottom of the Twins lineup as well. Anyway, the Twins get the W over the Yanks, and the Yanks desperately need to start winning. Speaking of teams in the American League East that need to start winning, Toronto falls to the White Sox, not a team you can justify losing to if you were the Jays trying to make a run at this division and at this um, postseason bid. I told you that they are falling off. They're now a game under 500. Boston is five games over. I don't know what the total game count here is, but uh, there's, there's a pretty big gap between these two teams record-wise right now, although the talent pool would tend to tell you Toronto should be on top. Michael Walker goes six innings, gives up five runs, takes his third loss of the year. He's now sporting a four ERA, and I think dreams of an all-star bid for Michael Walker seem to be fading away as he struggles uh, over the last couple of weeks. Jose Fierro goes for Chicago, gives up four runs over five in- or four innings, excuse me, does walk five base runners for Toronto. They just could not seem to capitalize enough, although they did score five runs. The win will actually go to Juan Ramos, who pitched two and a third scoreless innings out of the pen later on, and Chicago would come through. Uh, and get the W, surprisingly, to them. They're now 21-40, and 40, and like I said, Toronto is 29-30, a game under 500. The Diamondbacks would fall again in heartbreaking fashion as they have been on a hell of a skid. They had the lead. Well, actually, they hadn't scored. Let me, let me paint it this way. They had not scored through eight innings of baseball. In the ninth, trailing 3 nothing. they would score four runs, all of them unearned, mind you, as errors from Trevor Story and Anthony Rizzo put people on base for Ken Gary that did not deserve to be there. They would all come around to score as uh, Joey Gallo would hit a two-out, three-run home run. Uh, and the other RBI would be driven in. Excuse me. Let me just make sure. I'm looking at this here. By Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, who doubled uh, in the ninth inning to drive somebody in. I, I don't really remember who, so excuse me for not having all the details here. But after Zach Greinke goes eight innings of two-hit baseball, just perfect start from Zach Greinke. Ken Gary comes in, gets boned by Trevor Story and Anthony Rizzo with a couple of errors. Gives up four runs to blow the save, and James Serrano has to come in and close down the game and, and really get them out of that inning. Well, going to the bottom of the ninth, up 4-3 at this point, Paolo Corossi comes in, and he gives up two hits, and two runs very, very quickly. Neither of them home runs, uh, but everybody comes around to score. I don't know how this happened. I, I wish I could go into the, um, into the, the, the whatever you call it, the, the game. Actually, you know what? It might, might be right here. 
Top of the night, Shohei Otani lined out to Ken Gary. And somebody scored because of that? I don't fucking know. Anthony hit, it says Anthony Rizzo was a walk-off hero for Oakland. Game time in the bottom of the ninth, the A's first baseman hit a dramatic walk-off single to send both teams home. There you go. Anthony Rizzo with the walk-off two-run single, apparently, to get the win for the Oakland A's. We're now 28-34, and 34, just creeping really close to that 500 number as they continuously toy with being sellers. Do they just turn off the, the tap and, and just sit still, baby? The Diamondbacks fall to 35 and 27. It's a good record to fall to, but they just continue to struggle. I think that's eight straight they've lost. Maybe they won one and they've, they've lost eight of their last nine, whatever it is. They've lost a ton of games in a row. The Dodgers, excuse me, the Padres take down the Cubs four to one in a battle of two teams at least 10 games under 500 at the time. Shane McClanahan goes six innings of one run ball to get his third win of the year, and Ryan Copeland falls to 0 and 7, almost as bad as Tim Lincecum. Going six innings, giving up two earned runs, four total, though. Um, errors by Ed Harris and Kyle Skipworth would add to that total there. As the Chicago Cubs fall to 23-38, and 38. the Padres are now 27-36, and 36, well outside the possible range of a comeback. But, you know, they're still out there. Angels massacre the Royals. They are now 29-29. and 29. As the Royals go back to 500, they can't seem to get too far above or below that number. The, Roy- the Angels now are 42-20. and 20. Uh, Brady, Brady Singer, yep, goes six innings, a three-run ball, strikes out 10 to get his sixth win of the year. He's now 6-3 and three with a 4.4 ERA. Casey Mize can only go one-third of an inning. He got up five base runners. All would come around to score in the first inning before he is pulled, and the bullpen comes through to try to save the day. They do an all-right job. Uh, Miguel De Los Santos goes up three hits, a walk, four runs. None of them earned, as there was an error, probably by him at some point, that allowed a lot of those runs to score. Uh, and this inning was just out of control. You can't spot the Angels 10 runs and expect to win, but they're going to do it to you anyway. Uh, and that is the end of the day. I was going to do a better no minor leaguer segment here because Jim keeps talking about a specific minor leaguer that he is watching desperately down in, Chicago, in his um, system, and that would be Enrique Bradford. He went two for four last night, collecting two hits and stole his fifth bag. He's now played 24 games in single-A baseball. He has 37 hits, nine of them extra base hits, and his 17 walks posting a 425 average of 541 OBP. Um, pretty damn good. He is a single-A center fielder who I've never heard of, so don't get too excited, but maybe I'll do a, a little bit more on him later on down the line. Anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you all tomorrow.